Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mara, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. I am loving this. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! Hey, moviegoers. You're listening to Two Dudes Movie Reviews with Sky and Colin. We're back. Another week. We cannot be stopped. Can't be stopped. Won't be stopped. Can't stop. Won't stop. Stopping. Never stop stopping. Can't stop. Won't stop. Stopping or something like that was like the tagline to Andy Samberg's uh, pop star movie. Yeah, I think it's never stop. Never stopping or something like that. Yeah, it's like never stop. Won't stop stopping. or so- Yeah, it's something like that. But yeah, that movie is very underrated if you ask me. I thought that movie was fucking hilarious. He has a he has a few that are that are really underrated. I love Hot Rod. I think Hot oh Rod my is God. amazing. Hot Rod was like a phenomenon in my life. I remember Pat went to Walmart and he he had never seen the movie. He just saw the DVD. It was like 5 bucks and he bought it. And then we were all hanging out at his house and he put that on and none of us had seen it and I'm not even lying. Everybody was crying. Half of us were like falling onto the floor. Like that movie is fucking amazing. There's so many good lines. I actually say the line that uh, Bill Hader has where he goes, I am green with jealous rage right now. I, I see that all the time. <laughs> I, I often find myself quoting Danny McBride from that movie. Which line? There's a couple good ones. I go to church every Sunday. You're trying to bring the demons out of me. <laughs> I was going to say, he goes, this is my hat now. This is totally, this is my, totally hat. my hat. <laughs> and then it immediately cuts to them just dancing in a parking lot like doofuses. Yeah. <laughs> I found some so fireworks good. in the bathroom. You guys want to light them off? <laughs> we, we shouldn't go too much into this, though, because it might tie into something else. It might. Who knows what that might be? I guess we do because we run this ship. <laughs> we built this city. We built this city on fart jokes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't think we started this whole thing on fart jokes. I'm almost interested to listen back to some of those early episodes that we so often are like, don't go back and listen to those because they're very unstructured. But I know for sure we have some some new listeners joining us. So welcome any new swampies out there. And it makes me wonder what kind of impression do we give off to the rest of the world? Why why are the swampies multiplying? That's the real question. Uh yeah, it's awesome. I love it. Oh, I love it, but I'm also kind of worried about <laughs> the state of the world if something like us berating people for listening to us and supporting the show. <laughs> Imagine if, like if that's a good years. thing that more people want to do that. To ten years down the line we consider ourselves influencers. <laughs> oh, Oh, obviously, we're both influencers. Yeah. 
we won't say what it is. We we hit a pretty big milestone for for subs the other day, so we're pretty stoked. Yeah, we were virtual high fiving the shit out of each other. They're yeah. just like basically just tugging each other off. Like, man, show's been kicking ass lately. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. But uh, and that's I, I, what tooting your own horn sounds like. <laughs> you need to have a sound effect right there. Oh. Honk. <laughs> I'm actually, it's not so much that I'm curious. I just, I kind of want to find the moment in our show when we started joking a lot more because I think when we started this, you know, we do the film review and I think we were very focused on doing a good job reviewing the films that we were covering, but maybe those weren't even that good. <laughs> yeah. But like, I think, you know, maybe five episodes in, that's when we started getting more comfortable. We started joking more and stuff. But like, I feel like now there's a really good blend of actual critique and then. And then jokes and stuff like that. So, boy, I hope so. I also think that in the beginning, you got to hook them in and be like, no, no, no. Like, we know what we're talking about. Like, we know how to talk movies. And then five episodes is not really a long time. What we're doing in a month, and we're just like, all right, they get it. <laughs> <laughs> they know we're smart. <laughs> we know the good stuff. The, at least the okay stuff. And being okay is just fine. If you get a C, you're still passing, right? That's right. Honestly, that should be the motto of this show. <laughs> be like, see, still passing. <laughs> My credits transfer. <laughs> <laughs> That's honestly how I went through high school and college. I, I actually, uh, I was doing a job today and one of our customers used to be a, a science teacher. So we're talking school stuff and blah, blah, blah. And uh, it came up. But when I was going into my senior year, the year before you sit down with the guidance counselor, you set up your school schedule and I set up my schedule and then they looked at it and they were like, most of your day is study halls. You, you should take some other classes. And I'm like, but I don't need them. So like, can I just like leave school early? And they're like, nope. So uh, they told me, they're like, you can take like these two extra classes, like a, a third year of Spanish and this advanced math bullshit. And you can get an advanced regions diploma, which really only matters in New York state. But I asked, I was like, if I take those classes and I fail, do I still graduate? And she did not want to actually answer it. Cause she can tell I was asking because I was going to be like, Hey, if I blow off those classes every day and I fucking fail, I'm still getting a diploma. <laughs> yeah. But she was like, yeah, you'll still pass. And I'm like, all right, then sign me up. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you don't need an advanced regents. Like, I actually have an advanced regents diploma, but you don't need it. Like, most of the people in my school got just regular regents diplomas. Yeah, and it makes no fucking difference. Yeah, and I went to school in Jersey. Like, I mean, like I went to college in Jersey. I went to high school in New York. So, like, it really didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, everybody, the message of this episode is drop out. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you can just become a podcaster. Hey, maybe maybe that ties into this movie, you know? Maybe you know? maybe it does. Actually, I can't even talk too much shit about college because that's how I learned to do like audio editing and recording and stuff. So it's the only thing I learned at school. <laughs> I was gonna say a lot of our, our college plays into this show. Oh yeah, that is true, I guess, isn't so it? I, you don't need it. That being said, I use it every day. <laughs> yeah. I use something I learned from college every day of my fucking life. <laughs> and that was a cool class college college was fun for me did i graduate no did i have some really good times for sure do i remember most of it no but i think it was f cool <laughs> you know i went to community college first 
actually you were there too and yeah, i was there uh, yeah but community college like for me was like almost an extension of high school and i i slacked off hard with it but then once i like graduated and i transferred and i started doing what i wanted to do i was really into it i i, I had like almost a 4.0 gpa but i was wow. like I actually like just in my element doing my thing. I loved it. Damn. See, I think the the curse of the community college is you don't feel like you've really advanced. Yeah. So like it didn't didn't grab me. I kind of wish that I did go away to a school that way I can just like be submerged in it. But I'm a fucking kid. I didn't know what the fuck I wanted to do. If I knew that we were going to have a podcast, I would have put my focus in the audio engineering stuff. But I only had the audio class because I was a video major. Oh, damn. Yeah. I remember in my orientation for community college, they were like, now some people might say this is 13th grade. And I was like, why would you even say that? Now I think that. Yeah, why bring it up? By some people say she means, I'm going to tell you it's 13th <laughs> I'm gonna, grade. I'm going to tell you what everyone thinks. And it's true. But. Yeah. <laughs> so suck it up, losers. And let's just try to get through this together. <laughs> Dude, but, I was... I don't want to spend too much time on this, but like I was probably like one of the worst college students ever, just in a sense of like, I just, I just sucked at it. Like I would skip classes all the time to just like hang out with girls. And there's one time I skipped an English class cause it was Cinco de Mayo and I skipped English so I can get lunch with this, with this lady at, uh, at El Bandito's in Middletown. You ever been there? Yeah. Then I went I went back to the college, sat out on the green, and I was like smoking a cigar <laughs> for some reason. I was super I was super baked. And then uh and then my English teacher walks by and he goes, Are you having fun today? And I'm like, Yeah, did I miss anything? He's like, Nope. <laughs> I I wanna ask you, was it was it cruise? Oh, I don't know. I'm not good. I I literally remember zero percent of my oh no, that's not true. I only remember one professor's name, and it's because he was like the coolest teacher I've ever had in my life. It was Dr. Schwartz. He taught psychology. Oh, okay. I actually had him twice. I had him for psych one, and I had him for uh, ch child psychology. I was just curious because I remember I had this one professor, and he was awesome. Uh, professor Cruz there, he was the man. But uh, Was he kind of like hippie-ish? No, no. But he was like, I want to say he was like kind of young, like probably like uh, early 40s or like late 30s. But uh, hmm. he was like, he was really strict and and he he was tough at grading and stuff, but he was he was entertaining. And I remember he said at the beginning of the semester, he's like, "If you go to every single class throughout the entire semester, like I'll do something for those people." And mm. I was kind of like, "That's not happening," because I always skip a few classes throughout the semester. But I was carpooling with my friend, and we ended up going to all of them. And then we actually like it saved my friend because he was failing the class. But uh, there was this huh. one cl one class though. I remember we were doing. We were reading some book and it had like very religious undertones and this one kid like got so mad about it and I don't remember the whole like argument but he started like flipping out on the professor and he was basically just like like you know you're forcing me to read this shit and and uh, like the professor was like I'm not forcing you to do anything like you don't have to like you you, you won't pass but like you know, you signed up for this. It's just a book. I didn't write it or whatever. And the kid like got up and he like threw his books on the floor. And, it, and it, this is in college. And he goes, enjoy your God forsaken class. <laughs> and he just storms out oh of there. God. Yeah. And the professor was just like, 
I am sorry we all had to witness this. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing was, oh, if, you, if you went to all the classes, he was basically just like, I had like a B or something like that in his class at the time. And then my friend had like a D or like an F. And then he was basically just like, okay, you know, like these people who came to all the classes just wait after. And then I thought he was going to give us like a pizza party or some bullshit like that. And then he was like, okay, you get a 100 on the final. He's like, you get a 100 on the essay that I like issued today. He was like, and you don't need to go to class for the last two weeks. Oh my God. Yeah. So my friend was like flipping out. He was like, I was going to fail. Now I got a D. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I wish I had that teacher. Although I would have definitely skipped classes. I, I think there were only... Now, you know what? I had a couple of classes I never skipped, but a lot of those classes that I never skipped, I fell asleep during. <laughs> so? <laughs> yeah, that was common. Dude, do you remember... I don't know which hall it was, but at, at the community college that we both attended, there were some rooms on this bottom floor. It's like at the far building next to like the, the old mansion. It had like stadium seating, like risers. Did you have classes in any of those? Um, I don't think so. Well, the problem with them is that now you're elevated, and I have always my whole life been one of those kids who hides in the back of the class. Yeah. And I uh, sit in the in the back row, so now I am the highest person, and I'm also f- six foot four, so I am, like, literally the highest point in the room. And there is a, a staircase aisle up to the two sides of, you know, rows of desks. So I'm, like, an aisle seat. And I fell asleep once with like, am I like not how you see it in the movies where maybe they got their head down on the desk and their arms are crossed, you know? I was straight up like leaning back in my chair, mouth open, drooling on my shirt with my fucking leg out in the aisle. Like it looked like I got shot and it was just laying there. <laughs> and then to the to the left of you, there actually was someone who was shot. <laughs> yeah, I would like snort back awake. <laughs> You're one of those. Yeah, you know, you're like, oh, sh- where am I? Oh, I'm in class? Okay, cool. What's this dinosaur called? <laughs> it was it was you're prehistoric life math. class. <laughs> no, I, I took a prehistoric life course. All right, dude, we can talk about the crazy college experiences all day. That, that could be a bonus episode because I got so many stories about prehistoric life. <laughs> there was actually, again, I, we'll get off the college subject, but I remember I was taking like a this like computer class and it was a lot of like computer programs and stuff like that. But Ock had essentially like a mythological beast class. Huh? And I remember like, uh, yeah, it was all basically just like in like, like Greek creatures and like all this like stuff like that. But I actually walked past the classroom one day and I was like going to the bathroom and I walked past and I hear the professor go like, now who could tell me about the Zephyr dragon? <laughs> I like stop the dude. I was like, yes, who can tell me about the Zephyr Dragon? <laughs> oh, my God. What good is that class to anybody? <laughs> well, who plays Skyrim here? All right, that's fair. <laughs> uh, you mentioned this earlier, uh, Dunkaroos, man? Oh, yeah, we were talking We were talking off air about Dunkaroos because they're back. They are. I, I haven't gotten any yet, but my brother has. He found them, and... Man, I'm so excited. Like, 2020 has sucked. This is a little bit of sunshine. <laughs> it would have been if a week ago I didn't say, you know what? I'm cutting these refined sugars. I need to cut back on the sweets. I'm going to eat healthy. 
And then they're just like, nah, fuck you, bro. We're bringing Dunkaroos back. And I'm like, well, I have to get a box of Dunkaroos. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually, it's funny. Uh, me and Brandon yesterday, we went out to Walmart to go see if we could find them. And we, <laughs> this is bad. Like, <laughs> just saying this. We made a special trip to Walmart to go see if we could find Dunkaroos and the special <laughs> new Walmart exclusive Mountain Dew flavor. <laughs> Jesus. We found the Mountain Dew, though. It's called Frostbite. It's got a fucking shark on the on the, the label. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys did you guys accidentally like go to like a Zoltar machine and reverse big yourself? <laughs> reverse like you're big. just like now you're like 30 year old dude, but you woke up the next morning in like a like a nine year old body. And you're just like, what would I do if I was nine? And like Mountain Dew Dunkaroos. <laughs> hey, I have such a soft spot for Mountain Dew. Because I don't know if, if we were like hanging out during this time, but Mountain Dew, when they put Baja Blast in bottles, like in actual stores, and it wasn't just at Taco Bell, they came out with a mobile game called Baja or Bust. And oh my God. Me, me and my brothers, we downloaded it like within the first hour of it being out. And the first hour of it being out, it wasn't patched. And after that, they patched it. So like we had this version of the game that was, in a sense, unlocked. For normal people, the levels would just unlock weeks at a time, but we had access to all of them as long as we were beating them along the way. And every time you beat huh. a level, you would get coins. And we found out that the first level or the second level of the game, you can beat it in like 11 seconds and you can get X amount of coins. So we found out it was like the easiest way to farm coins. And what you did with those coins is on, on uh, it was like Tuesday nights during the week, they would unlock prizes that you would buy with those coins. And everyone would have like, 2,000 coins and we would have like 400,000 coins so we'd be able to get all this dope shit that no one could get no joke between like all of us we got three pairs of like headphones that we flipped for $100 each on eBay my brother got a $200 longboard that he sold we each got four trophies that we sold on eBay for $50 each I got a $75 GameStop coupon dude we were just Mountain Dew swagged out (laughs) made so much money off this shit (laughs) so that is Fucking ridiculous. Yeah, but that's why I'm like, hey man, Mountain Dew, they I made some money off of them, so I I, I gotta I gotta I gotta represent the Dew. <laughs> well now I'm gonna have to cut that out of the podcast so they don't sue us. I gotta sue us. That was like five They'd years. Be ago. Like, hey, give us give us our f- swag back. <laughs> be like, you want your Mountain Dew longboard back? Okay. X Baconator has it. I sold it to on eBay for two hundred bucks. Like, it's gone. We don't have this money, Mr. McDougal. <laughs> we talked about that recently, didn't we? Yeah. I feel like we talked about that on our way to a trailer park. Damn. Yeah. I had a feeling it was coming, dude. <laughs> Tis about that time, sir. Yeah. We were talking for a while about college and nonsense. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff to talk about there, but you know what? Like I said, maybe that's a bonus episode. I'm sure the Swampies would love to just hear us talk about the college years saved by the bell. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Find us on Patreon. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know if they need that. <laughs> oh, man. But what are we talking today? Well, I think we're talking a groundbreaking trailer for our show. I don't think we've ever discussed a trailer for uh, a certain streaming service named Hulu. Have we done a Hulu trailer on the show? Hmm. 
I don't think so. I think you know we really didn't even watch many like. Hulu. I know we have discussed Hulu original movies before, on at least between us, maybe on the show because Lupita Nyong'o is in that's the, what I was uh, that say. little monsters movie. Yeah, like we really haven't watched many Hulu movies. Like last year, we didn't really do it, but we watched Little Monsters, and I watched Plus One. But like, yeah, I don't think we've ever done a, a Hulu original trailer. Well, the time has fucking come. That being said, this is a Hulu original that has some some Mondo clout behind it. Yeah, dude. And uh, we are talking Palm Springs, which is Andy Samby. Mm-hmm. And I actually don't know the the actress's name, but I know that she is the mother that is met on How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Um, Spoilers, I guess. Yeah. I actually really like the cast. Kristen, I think it's... Miliodi is how you pronounce her last name. I hope. I know. I know her mainly from Black Mirror. Oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, she's the the lead actress in the movie. I mean, for me, like Andy Samberg, I love him. We were talking about him earlier, and J.K. Simmons is in this movie. I love him also. Yeah. This is also one of those like passion project movies. Max, I think it's Barbacow is how you pronounce his last name. But this is like something that he was working on with the script, like even when he was back in college. This, I think, is his first feature film along with uh the writer on it his name is andy Ciara. i'm a huge fan of andy samberg and i'm a huge fan of andy samberg when he can do movies that are like comedies but also get a little bit more more serious in particular like a movie that came out two years ago if anyone wants to watch a really good movie he was in um brigsby bear and that movie's fucking awesome yeah i wanted to see that yeah it's so good like honestly brigsby bear was like one of the most like heartwarming movies that came out that year and it went completely under the radar. It was like way up there for me. But again, like it's it's really heartfelt. It's got a lot of good like emotion to it. And on top of that, it's also really funny because Andy Samberg's fucking hilarious. And when you're allowed to ad lib, which I know that they were on this film to some degree, he's hilarious. So I'm actually really excited for this. You showed me this trailer only a couple days ago. And yeah, I'm into it. Yeah, man. It just popped up for me. I think I saw it on Instagram, maybe. You know, I hadn't heard about it. I had heard a little while ago that I think it was Andy Samberg and, like, the Lonely Island guys, like Akiva and mm-hmm. um, and Yorma, and that they had sold a movie at, oh, shit, was it South By or? This, I don't know if it's this, but this played at Sundance. Yeah, I don't think this is that movie. But still, like, that's what got me intrigued. I was like, oh, is this is this that film? And I believe it's Neon putting it out. And Neon is a really respectable studio who have been putting out, I think, I think we, I mean, we talk about them now more, but, like, Swampies know we love A24 and, like, Marvel Studios and stuff like that, those, those big shots up there in the sky. But Neon has a lot of really cool stuff, and we're finally singing their praises. You know, we started really noticing, like, later last year when we were like, holy shit, like, look at all these movies that Neon put out. Like, these are all bangers. Yeah, Neon, even this year, put out a banger with big-time adolescence. So... Oh, that's them too? Yeah, Neon's really good. Like, I I said a couple episodes ago, I feel like they're right below A24. Like, we love A24, but this year they they've had big time adolescence and the lodge which we mentioned last year was portrait of a lady on fire parasite and little monsters wow i think they had honeyland was that documentary that i think was nominated for an oscar i think that was was theirs okay 
I, Tanya was also theirs. And three identical strangers. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So, they're killing the game. So, I think there were a lot of things working in its favor that even though it's not the movie I thought it was going to be, once I was watching the trailer, I'm like, I'm into this. And there's actually some moments that tickled me a little bit, you know? But we're going to... uh we're going to see all about that or hear all about that, I guess, because this is a podcast. Exactly. Do you want to get into this? Yeah, let's do that. It's going to be a beautiful wedding. Here you are, standing on the precipice of something so much bigger than anyone here. But always remember, you are not alone. I don't think that we met. I'm Sarah. Niles. Hi. Hi. Any Sandberg doesn't age. <laughs> yeah, apparently not. We're back in Butt Boy. I know. <laughs> it's gonna be a beautiful wedding. Good day so far. Today, tomorrow, it's all the same. Hey, you're right, Sundance. Guess you followed me. It's one of those infinite time loop situations you might have heard about. That I might have heard about? Yeah. The second you fall asleep, it all just goes back to the start. I drove all the way back home to Austin, and I still woke up here. One time I smoked a bunch of crystal and made it all the way to Equatorial Guinea. It was a huge waste of time. Well, then what's the point of living? We kind of have no choice but to live. No, I'm gonna get out of this. Suit yourself. See you tomorrow. So there's now been all right. That's impressive right there. The I was I was going to mention that later. Yeah. Great question. Yeah. Well, then we'll keep that a secret. But there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of these like time loop movies these days. Yeah. I I thought about that also. Like obviously we have Happy Death Day to you and all that. And then not necessarily. There was a movie like that with. Um, our favorite guy from friggin' uh, Jexy. What's his name again? Adam Devine. I was actually talking to Ryan about that movie the other night. Yeah, romantic comedy. Yeah. I can't keep waking up in here. Everything that we are doing is meaningless. I hope it's not all meaningless. At least you have each other. Nothing worse than going through this shit alone. There's JK. Just kidding, mm-hmm. Simmons. <laughs> There's a bomb in the cake. Don't worry. I used to be a bomb guy. Stand back! I used to be a bomb guy. <laughs> That's the part that made me laugh last time, and I was like, you know what? I think I would like this movie. I love his style of humor. It's like there's such like a like an innocence to it without it being like a clean comedy type of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. It's just so stupid, but like knowingly stupid. Andy Samberg's humor has always like really resonated with me. In particular, like all the stuff from like The Lonely Island, like that's really what turned me on to him. But then like all the movies that he's done, I've really liked. But The Lonely Island for me, like really hit because my first band was kind of like a comedy type band where we would try and like make like songs that were... They were funny and told kind of like a stupid story and stuff like that. But yeah, man, I, I've always thought he's a really good, not only actor, 
and you know his comedy is funny but I, I think he's a really good writer too i know he's not a writer on this movie but in terms of like ad-libbing and stuff like that i think that's really where you see his talent come through and a lot of people really like brooklyn 99 that's on right now yeah have you watched that i've watched parts of it again like it's hard it's hard to get me into tv <laughs> so yeah that's fair we got enough on our hands trying to watch movies all the time i've, I've watched it and i enjoy it but it's like again like i don't I don't really get into many shows. You know, it's cool too. He, uh, him and JK Simmons are working together again. Uh, they were both in, I love you, man together. JK Simmons. Oh yeah. The dad. The dad. Yeah. I love, dad I love you, man. Of Paul Rudd and Andy Samberg. Mm -hmm. I love you, man's actually a movie that I always like. I'm like, Oh man, I, I really want to buy that. Cause I like that movie so much. And then I have just never bought it. I have it. You want to borrow it? I don't need to borrow it because I've seen it so many times. I just want to own it sometime. <laughs> I've put it in like my Amazon cart like it. 20 times and then I've taken it out. I'm like, I don't need this right now. I think that movie is pretty underrated too. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I just go down to the Venice boardwalk and fling my feces like a gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whatever happened to uh... Jason Siegel? Yeah. Yeah. Where, where did he go? I don't know, man. <laughs> we were talking about the. I liked him because he's like a. Like a tall, like goofy guy. He's like a little bit more, more doughy, but he kind of like reminds me of like a younger me because I used to be a doughy kid. <laughs> doughy and like kid. he, he at some levels reminds me of a younger me, mm -hmm. but also reminds me of an older me. Damn. He's basically a time loop of me. <laughs> Jason Siegel. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even remember his name before. Yeah. You know what? I always think about him because he's just like me. Who? Oh, I don't. I don't remember his name. <laughs> I don't know the fucking guy. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the thing that we wanted to bring up was this movie has a one hundred percent right now on on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, man. And you know, granted, it might have only shown at a few festivals, but mostly at festivals, it's like critics and and obviously that's the critic score. But it's it's mostly like critics or industry people who are seeing it first. So. That gives me hope that it's going to be at least decent. Yeah. The one thing that I do always, I always think this about movies at festivals when I see the score come out. I'm always a little bit skeptical because so many people at festivals are just there and they're hyped up and they, they want to watch movies. And you do see a lot of movies come out of festivals that have super high scores and then they hit theaters and then maybe they don't live up to the hype or they're still good, but they're not like I was expecting a little bit more because it was a hundred percent. So, right. I usually wait. I'm like, oh, wow, 100%. Like, that's impressive. But if it gets closer to its actual release date or after it comes out and it still is like up there, I'll, I'll be even more excited. Well, a little pro tip for the stupid fucking swampies is if you click on Rotten Tomatoes scores, because I only learned this from doing the show and I didn't even know it for like the whole first year of doing the show, but you, you told me about it. And if you click on that 100% Rotten Tomatoes score, it'll also give you more info because that just means a hundred percent of people recommended seeing it, but they also give individual scores. So it might be like hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but when you click down on it, a hundred percent of people said you should see it, but they only gave it like a B. Yeah. You want me to do that right now? Just because I have it up. <laughs> oh yeah. What, what is the, let's blow the doors off of this thing. It's, it's got 27 reviews. It's at a hundred percent. The average score on it is 8.5 out of 10. Yeah. So yeah, it basically is a B. Yeah. Also, 8.5 out of 10 is also usually a pretty good score. Yeah, no, that's great. It only takes a few people to bring bring a score down. But yeah, I mean, 
I'm looking forward to it. And it's been a like I said, it's been a minute since since Andy Samberg's been in a movie as like the lead. And I'm looking for something that's got the humor, but also a little bit of the heart to it. And like again, like I loved Brigsby Bear, and that's so much of what that is. So I'm yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I'm kind of glad that this looks like it's got more of the heart to it because not that I wouldn't have been all about just a, you know, a, a dumb comedy with him in it. I would have seen it, but I think this is just something that looks more unique and something that's going to stay with you longer. Yeah. I mentioned that it's like, man, it seems like they're doing a lot of movies like this where like somebody's caught in a time loop, but it's kind of cool. Like I, I can see that they're making it a little bit different by having it like, well, there's actually a few people who were there who were caught in that same time loop Yeah, where it's not, because usually, like, you look at Groundhog Day, which I think Groundhog Day is really, like, the... Um, that's the one that everyone like points to. Yeah, that's the one that everyone, like, tries to be, kind of. Right, but he, in Groundhog Day, it's one guy that keeps repeating for, and it's the same thing with the Adam Devine movie, and it's the same thing with a couple of the other ones. I Happy I know day. for sure there have been at least two more in the last three years that mm-hmm. were... Well, because, like, we got Happy Death Day to you, but even that, that's just the girl is caught in the loop. Yeah. I was, I was going to say, the one thing that... And it doesn't seem like they're going to do this with it. The time loop movies for me work when they don't go into the how. They just... It yeah. is what it is. The problem... Because I really liked Happy Death Day, the first one, because it was, it was... It knew what it was. It was straightforward. It was fun. The second one tried to get into the how, and not that it ruined it for me, because I still like had some fun, but it just starts falling apart, and it's stupid and stuff like that. And... I don't think this movie is looking to like answer those questions, which I'm I'm fine with too. I don't need yeah all of those answers. It doesn't look like it's trying to be like sciency about it. it. Seems like there's something weird about that cave. So maybe there's like a mystical element, blah blah blah. But if they don't make it about finding out what it is, it'll be okay. If they have an answer to what is happening, that's fine. If it's not the central focus, which it seems like it's not going to be the central focus, it seems like it's going to be more about uh like their relationship kind of blossoming in this weird situation yeah which i'm okay with i'm okay with that mm-hmm. yeah me too i'm not a hater of romantic comedies it's just there's so many bad ones yeah. so i'll take a good one <laughs> yeah i mean what was it only a couple weeks ago we were talking about how much we like the big sick and like again rom-coms yeah. that have that have heart to it which i think Dude. this this does you got anything else on this, though? I don't. Let's get out of here. If we can. Oh, no. We woke up and it's the same day. A couple nights ago, me and my brothers were talking, and we were doing, like, impressions of lines from Endgame, but, like, as if, like, they were the first take, and the, and the Rooster Brothers would be like, um, can you just do that completely different? Like, do it differently? And I was doing an impression of, uh, Hawkeye or Jeremy Renner doing the part where he's like yelling at Hulk about like bringing Black Widow back and he's like we were just like yeah you go up there and you tell that big red boy in the sky what you tell him to come down here and say that to me (laughs) (laughs) and the other part was like that's basically that's basically what he does yeah and we're like we're the Avengers not the (laughs) pre-Avengers we're doing that over again (laughs) <laughs> oh, i'd watch that movie yeah i that's something that i love like just something i've never done on the show i don't think but like me and my bros always love to pretend to do the first takes of scenes from movies and the and it's it's always just like one of us losing our shit and then another person pretending to be the director and like um what what was that 
just lose all of that. Oh my god. I I mean, I don't know about you, but we're talking the King of Staten Island here and I was really looking forward to this movie. Me too. I think uh I think it's fairly well known if you've listened to us for a while that we're fans of like the Judd Apatow era cuz when we were, you know, talking about this movie coming out, we realized he hasn't directed many movies, but he's been involved in so many of like the greatest comedies and like really defined comedy in the 2000s. Yeah. The last movie that he directed before this was Trainwreck, but he's been involved in so many either directing, writing or just producing because he produces a lot of movies. And I mean, how many of them kind of define like our sense of humor and like our generation of comedies like involved Pineapple Express, Funny People, 40 Year Old Virgin, Knocked Up, uh, Step Brothers. Like it's crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. It's impressive. There's definitely some movies and like TV shows in there that I don't really care about. But, I mean, they can't all be perfect. His track record for movies, for me, is really, really good. Like, even even some of the ones that I think people aren't as high on. We mentioned Funny People when we were talking about the trailer part or trailer for this, this movie. But, like, I really like Funny People. Like, there's... It's hard for me to find a movie of his that I'm going to flat-out dislike, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree about that. And I have also really taken a shine to Pete Davidson. Same. I liked him back from his stand-up, and then, like, you know, those early... It's weird. His SNL career is very weird because he doesn't show up a lot. He basically is just there to be himself and do, like, some stand-up bits. He's in more skits now, but I almost feel like they're doing that just because, like, his star is rising so fast that it's, like, it's it's good advertising for Saturday Night Live to have him there, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. But I've been a fan of his for a while, and I feel like his growth in comedy is really interesting to watch. And uh, he's just so, I don't know, personable, I guess. Or I'm going to be very honest and upfront. A lot of his deal speaks to me on a very personal level. So I I feel very closely connected to his material. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that I... You know, I have I don't have a dad who passed away in a fire or anything, but still, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of themes that are going on that that really resonate. Yeah, I want to hit on that when we get into the review, but just to go off just him specifically, I think a lot of people know him from SNL and all that, but this is his third movie in 2020. Like he is blowing up. Yeah, because he was in big big time adolescence, which. I don't know if I've mentioned it on the show, but I really liked it. I know you really liked it. And then yeah. I don't think either of us have seen the Jesus rolls. I didn't hear great things about that, but it was also in that. And I mean, in a year where there's barely any movies and he's in three of them halfway through the year, like it's pretty impressive. Yeah, for sure. So I think people, you know, if, if you haven't seen a ton of him or even if you have, I think people are going to be really impressed with him in this movie. Uh, this and big time adolescence for me, like, kind of put him on the map a little bit more because you can really like yeah he's really funny but you're getting a sense of what he can do as an actor yeah which is funny because he said in interviews he's like i don't feel like i'm really an actor because i'm pretty much only in movies where i am essentially playing myself well i want to get through the the cast and everything but i'll just say this you yeah i i definitely get that and and especially in this movie where it's he's basically 
it's basically about him. You know, he he is playing himself essentially. But like you still have to be really good to do that. Like I I couldn't make like I wouldn't be able to play a podcaster in a movie and kill it the way that he like you still have to have the chops to be able to pull it off and I mean not right. only does he and he co-wrote yeah and I was gonna say not only does he have the funny parts down in this movie but like he's got some really great dramatic moments in this movie too but uh let's just get through you know the rest of the stuff on the film and we'll get into the review you hit on it Pete Davidson is one of the writers of on this movie there's three it's Pete Davidson Judd Apatow and then Dave Cyrus Pete Davidson and Dave Cyrus. This is their first feature film writing, at least. So uh, good on them. And then obviously Judd Apatow. He wrote Funny People and Pineapple Express and Zohan and all that. So every, everybody knows him. Pete Davidson's playing Scott. We already talked about him. Beth Pally. She plays Kelsey. Uh, she was in White Boy Rick from a couple years ago. Uh, Marissa Tomei. Okay. I know you really like her. Yeah, she's great. Yeah. Maude Apatow. She's in this. She plays Claire. I was pretty impressed with her in this. But I think everybody knows her when she's younger because she's in a lot of these other Judd Apatow movies, but she was in a movie last year called Assassination Nation, which was a hard R, but it was pretty cool. So if you want to check that out, um, it's kind of relevant actually with certain things that are going on in the world. I think I saw that streaming somewhere. Yeah, I think it is. It's definitely not for everyone. It's got a weird like sense of style to it, but some of the themes that it hits are, are cool to think about. So Bill Burr, pretty cool that he was in this. He plays Ray. Oh, I love Bill Burr. I know a lot of people don't like Bill Burr, mm-hmm. but I, I think he's great. I think he gets a uh, a bad rap for people not fully understanding where he comes from. Because if you listen to his stand-up, there's a lot of people uh, who I can see taking issue with some of his stances on things. But if you know like how he is as a person, it's like it's all for the bit, you know? Yeah, I actually, I've never watched Bill Burr's stand-up. My brother told me that he likes it. Uh, I know him from from Date Night and um, Breaking Bad, but um, Brandon's, I think it was Brandon that told me, like, is his comedy is normally, it's pretty cynical? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so yeah, I think that kind of makes sense then. He had like five specials in a row where he'd have at least like a 10 minute chunk of jokes just about like, there's too many people in the world. We gotta, we gotta wipe half these, get these people out. He's basically Thanos. (laughs) He has like Thanos Thanos mentality. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> Steve Buscemi's in this movie. Really cool seeing him in this movie. Mainly for the reason that you mentioned when we did the trailer park, but didn't know this, but you know, he's playing a firefighter in this movie, but you said he was a firefighter in 9-11. Yeah, he, he went down afterwards and was helping like clean up the debris and stuff. He was a volunteer firefighter in the city for a long time, even even before that. Like he I think he had already retired, but then after 9-11 and they were doing all the cleanup and everything, he actually went down with his old ladder, like his old company, and and helped the cleanup. Oh, that's that's really cool, especially, you know, with the themes in the movie and stuff like that. I, th- I thought that was really cool and nice touch. Uh, and then, yeah, Jimmy Tatro's in this. We just talked about him with bad education and using Stuber and stuff. Let's get into the acting, but I really like the, the cast on this movie. Similar to like what we were saying with Bad Education and a couple other movies recently, people kept popping up for me, and it just kept making me enjoy the movie more and more. Like Steve Buscemi doesn't even show up into this movie like like prominently until like the third act. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the acting, or do you want to just start with the? Yeah, I think acting is a good place to start because then I feel like once we start talking really deeply about like the themes in this movie, 
there's going to be spoilers, but even that is like a weird thing because I don't feel like there's too much to be spoiled in it. Like maybe certain events, like how they play out could be spoiled, but in terms of like really talking about the movie, I think this is like a pretty safe movie to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. I also think if you know Pete Davidson's story, you'll kind of know kind of a lot of what it's going to be tackling or some uh, terrain is going to, you know, navigate through. Um, yeah. So like going into this, I kind of knew what it was going to be, or at least if you go and listen to the trailer park, this movie for me, at least was almost exactly what I wanted it to be. I don't know if you felt that way, but we said in that, we're like, you know, like I, this is probably going to be like really emotional. It's almost going to be like a therapy session for Pete Davidson. There's probably going to be humor in it, but I, I hope that, you know, it does get serious because I like when there's again movies with heart and stuff like that. And for me, like I got pretty much what I wanted out of it. Yeah, absolutely. And Judd Apatow too has been doing a lot of like more personal movies that we and again we talked about it in the trailer park, but like he did the movie with Amy Schumer, Trainwreck, and he did, you know, this is 40, and uh that's kind of semi-autobiographical of himself almost but mm-hmm. like you know not not completely and then uh like funny people is like really deep and stuff so he has really at least with the movies he's directed later in his career has really kind of set himself up as like this guy like really branching out and like using comedy to tell real people's stories mm-hmm. so like that's that's something that's really cool And I also want to say, and I guess now we're not even talking about the acting, but whatever, we do what we want on this show. (laughs) I think it was a very good idea, and this is not a spoiler, to not have the character's father have died on 9-11. Well, well, why exactly? Do do you think it would have been much different? Yes, I do. I I think having it be an isolated incident just helps in terms of the uh, the sympathy that you kind of have for the character because I feel like, and I don't think this is right, but I feel like if they if they had done it as like, oh, he like passed away in 9-11, like because there were so many people who uh, were lost in there and so many family members who were affected by it, it almost diffuses the personal feeling of it. You know, it's just like, okay, he's one of many who are going through this. And it almost uh, doesn't make it harder to sympathize with him, but it does kind of dull the senses a little bit. I also think, at least in terms of the character's, like, argument in regards to being a firefighter or stuff like that, I don't know if it would have worked as well. Yeah. Because there's more there's more themes that they go in later on in the movie also, then it's really hard to not make the movie about 9-11 because the story is really about the aftermath and what it's like to, you know, live without a father at such a young age. Like, you're old enough that you remember him, but not old enough to really know him. Yeah. And then I think the important elements of it with him being a hero and him being a firefighter and him just wanting to, like, protect people... I think you get you get that just fine with it like he died in a like a random fire as opposed to a national tragedy. Yeah, you might be right there. I I guess let's finally hit on the acting. 
um, because I think that is going to play into some of the themes and stuff that we want to get into. But overall, super impressed with nearly everybody involved in this film from an acting standpoint. Yeah. Pete Davidson really crushes it. Like he, for me, like this is his movie and he completely sells it. And I was super impressed by it. I think anyone who sees this is going to be super impressed by what he does in it. Cause you kind of see a different, not a different side. Cause he is kind of playing himself, but you really see what he can do. And there are moments in this movie that really hit me. And a lot of it was how he was playing his character. And, uh, you know, you feel the sadness from him and uh, you know, the depression and you you can see behind the eyes like what he's holding in and stuff like that. So I was super impressed by him. Also, I was really impressed by Maud Apatow. I thought she was great in this. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, because it's it's strange because we kind of remember her from those older movies when she was younger. Like, especially like you look back and knocked up and it's like, it's just crazy to see how far she's come as an actor. Like she's really good. She was also on the Netflix series love and I really liked that show and she was really good on that. And she was kind of playing like a, like a cocky, um, like child actor on a, like a, I don't know, like a freaking like charmed style show. Mm-hmm. And even there I was just like, she's, she's pretty good. Uh, and then this is just like an- another step up. I don't wonder what that's like. It's like your dad is directing you. It's got to be weird. <laughs> She's probably used to it. She's been in like how many of his movies? But this is yeah. This is probably the first one though where it was like heavy direction. You know? Yeah, because her role is way more substantial in this. Yeah, and there's a few moments with her character that for me, like at least were when I was watching, it, I felt like were just like pivotal moments in terms of my viewing experience, like. The scene when she's she's talking to him and she's basically just like, don't make things tough on mom, like, because, like, I worry about her because she's worrying about you and, like, I'm not going to be around. I can't, you know, I'm tired of worrying about you all the time. Like, that, that whole scene, like, I just thought was really powerful. And, yeah, like, there's there's times later on in the movie, too, when uh, he doesn't like what his, his mom's kind of doing and the daughter's got to kind of put him, try to put him in his place, even though it doesn't seem like really anybody can for most of the movie. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I really liked her. All the, all the acting for the most part is great. I mean, Marissa Tomei is great. Bill Burr is great, but those two specifically, I thought were awesome. Hell yeah. That's something that Judd Apatow is always really good at too, is the casting. Yeah. His movies usually have really good casts top to bottom. I think you, do you want to get into like some of the, the different levels of this and the themes? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we should say spoiler alert, but maybe we can just talk talk openly. And if we happen to spoil something, then that's just going to happen. So mm-hmm. spoiler alert, I guess. I, I think it's really cool that, especially if you know his story already, that when you came into this, that they made changes, they made adjustments. And the focus really, like I said before, wasn't, even in this movie, it's not about his dad dying in a fire. It's about him dealing with depression and trying to find his place in the world and just feeling kind of lost out there. And uh, like a lot of this stuff, it's like, it's really heavy. And like you said, like you see in his eyes, everything that he's holding back, but the, 
I want to touch on like the writing and the dialogue in this. And uh, like we said, like he co-wrote it and you can tell some of this stuff was like so deeply personal. It like cut to the core. Cause a lot, a lot of this stuff really hits at home for me. And some of like the lines that he says, like, and it's even in the trailer when he's times moving too fast or whatever. He's like, yeah, that's why I, I smoke weed so I can slow it down like that kind of a mindset. Like, obviously that's not how it works. Like that's not, that's not how to get better, but I completely understand that mindset. You know, Mm -hmm. this is one of my notes. I think your enjoyment of this or how much this is going to hit you determines or is based on how much certain themes resonate with you. And again, like there's a lot of stuff in this, like the smoking stuff or the drug stuff doesn't apply to me or like the the father stuff although the family dynamic hits but like obviously like i still have my dad and stuff like that that didn't hit for me but the whole like being in your 20s and not knowing what you're gonna do and feeling like out of place and stuff like that that all felt really like relevant like i've been there and so there were a lot of things in this movie for me too that that hit on like personal levels and yeah, I think there's a like a lot of different layers to this where it probably will hit a lot of people. Yeah, cuz I'm I mean, every everybody has faced hard times sometime or another, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh that doesn't necessarily always mean depression, but I think people can really relate to that feeling of like not knowing what the fuck. Some people figure it out sooner than others, but I think there's something about this and that even if you haven't lived that experience because Pete Davidson is so likable that you feel really bad for him. And that's why I think his dialogue is so important to kind of transmitting the, uh, the message because there's so many of these moments where he says something that I think a lot of people would only ever think, but never actually say to somebody out loud unless you were in like, therapy or you were so close to somebody like especially when he's talking about like uh when he's talking to the girl like who is who is his friend and they've been hooking up but like they're never serious and his whole thing he's like no nah, like you don't you don't want to be with me it's like i'm you know i'm fucked up like i'm i'm a broken person yeah but i think it's important for him to vocalize it in the movie because i i think this movie does a really good job of addressing like mental health issues yeah one thing that, I mean, it, it applies to this, but there's, you know, we're talking about maybe people can't, re- you know, they haven't gone through that and it won't resonate with them, whatever. But I feel like the movie does an excellent job of of establishing everything early on. And you you understand how he's feeling and you, you kind of can tell what's going on behind, you know, his eyes and all that really early on. And like, if you turn on this movie thinking like, oh, it's going to be like Judd Apatow comedy, like the first scene of this movie sets up a lot and the first scene of the movie like broke my heart. <laughs> the part where he, it's Dude. in the trailer, but when he closes his eyes, I was like, Oh fuck man. And even, you know, yeah. the, the, another part that they showed in the trailer when he's joking around with his friends and you could tell he's, he's joking around, but he like, he, you know, he's hurting inside. And I felt like, Oh dude, it's the sad clown, you know? Yeah. That it's such a common thing, and I haven't seen it really addressed in a in a movie, at least to this level. You kind of get that in funny people, but 
but it's different because he's more facing death than he is just Depression. pure yeah. sadness and darkness. Mm-hmm. I'll say the first act of this movie I thought was like excellent, like really, really top notch. And a lot of that is the characterization and you kind of learn everything you need to know about the character to not need your hand held the rest of the way within the first like 15 minutes of the movie. Right. I agree with that, but that actually leads me perfectly into kind of my first negative. Okay. What's that? Well, they do such a good job with the characterization, like you said, and they do such a good job, like setting the table for you in Mm -hmm. you're right. Like the first 15, 20 minutes, this movie. And I've never ever been one of these people to be like, Oh, Judd Apatow movies are so long because I always enjoyed them. But (laughs) I do feel that at a certain point in this movie, kind of like late second act. It's a lot of the same. I was, yeah, it was, there was a lot of, we weren't getting fed any real new information. There wasn't any growth one way or another. I and agree. it just kind of meandered in the middle. And I've, I've never been like that on the other ones. And I know like uh, this is 40 funny people, all of them, they get, flack for the same thing it's like ah it's too long but i didn't feel like those movies came to a full stop at any point i feel like this movie there's like 15 to 20 minutes you could have cut out yeah i i definitely agree one of my negatives on it is definitely the length and i've said many times on the show i like longer movies i like being with with characters longer so you can develop them more but like you were saying yeah like late second act or like some sometime during the second act i don't even know if it's late maybe in the middle I feel like it's uh, like perpetual, like it's like monotonous because it's the same thing over and over again. Yeah, you're just getting the same info. Yeah, and it's it's it becomes a little redundant. And for that, like I was, it there was never a time where I was like checking my watch, like, geez, how much time is left and this isn't going anywhere. I enjoyed my time throughout the entire movie, but I did notice while I was watching, I was like, okay, this is kind of meandering a little bit. We're not getting any new information. It's kind of a lot of the same. And then there is kind of a big shift in the movie in the third act, the third act only almost kind of becomes something else. And that's when it changes. But yeah, no, I definitely, I think that it could have been a bit shorter. Yeah, man. And I know Judd Apatow likes to do that where like the third act is almost a completely different movie. Because that was like the whole side angle in like the Adam Sandler, Leslie Mann romance in Funny People. Yeah, like the movie changes like halfway through. Yeah, so I know he likes that. But at a certain point I was watching it and I'm just like, well, I know he likes to make long movies, but do we really need seven acts? Yeah. Because that's <laughs> what it feels like. I definitely think it could have been could have been cut down a little bit. But yeah, it wasn't a thing where it was it was so long and it was dragging and I was like checking my watch like I said um but yeah I there is there is room to be to be cut down for sure I did want to say this though I mean we've been we've been talking so much about the themes of this movie and how it, it hit you and it's really dramatic and all that but when the movie wants to be funny it it definitely is funny I I laughed a good amount in this oh yeah off the top of my head I feel like anytime we do a movie that has jokes, we always talk, talk like, oh man, compared to all the other comedies, this is how much I laugh. But I, I can't think of something off the top of my head. Like, I think obviously, like, Butt Boy's funnier than this and stuff like that. But, like, when this movie actually wants to be funny, the laughs are, for me at least, were big. Like, the part with the tattoo, I lost it. Yeah, that that was good. I was also like so that cringy. For so much of the movie, they just keep referring to his idea as the tattoo restaurant. But then. 
later <laughs> later on, like they've already ad- addressed it like a number of times. Then he's finally just like, "What do you mean? That's a great idea." Ruby tattoos days. Yeah, I have Ruby tattoos days listed in my notes too. I was like, "That is so good." Yeah, I that was like my first like real big laugh. I'm like, "That is awesome." Yeah, the part that I mean, this was in the trailer. I think the when he when he tattoos the kid, that was the hardest I laughed. Or at the end where they showed the back piece essentially, and oh, yeah. and he's like, "You didn't put anything stupid on me, right?" And it shows there's two aliens and they're like they're like holding hands and it says "gang" on it. I I thought that was <laughs> I lost it at that <laughs> just uh. gang. Um, and then like I'd only watched this trailer on my computer on my phone like a couple times before watching it but then watching it on an actual like tv the obama tattoo killed me because i got like a better look at it it looks like sid from ice age (laughs) oh wow (laughs) like that sloth like i i thought it was so funny but uh yeah like again this for me like this movie gives you a lot because it gives you the parts that that are heavy but it, it interrupts those heavy moments with some really good laughs and doesn't keep you just in like this state of like depression almost like the entire time like you know it lets you breathe and i like the i like the comedy in it because the comedy felt like very very real in some ways and uh you know i just i definitely dug it i think people will will laugh at this there's enough parts in here where it's gonna it's gonna make you happy yeah it's a very even blend all the way throughout and i think the ending is fine the hard part about the ending is that I feel like there was so much wasted time in the middle of the movie that the ending almost feels abrupt. Okay. <laughs> well, you have my you have the same. My note is ending feels a little abrupt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it just it just happens and I was like that's how this ends. I mean, it ends on a more uplifting note and that's all well and good, but I feel like I don't know. I I feel like the end result was a little bit like anticlimactic because really all that happened was he told, he just admitted to one person that he actually really cares about them. But I think the message behind that is just kind of like, he's starting to get better. Like, I mean, really, I guess you see more of that growth when he's doing the stuff with the firehouse, but yeah, I don't know. It kind of felt sudden. The, the ending is definitely abrupt and it kind of just ends but the things leading up to the ending i think like you said it leaves you satisfied enough with the story because it leaves you off on a moment where you're like okay he is getting better he is finding himself things are gonna be okay like for me like the ending was like a tiny bit of a negative but i was satisfied with the ending like the 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 feeling you have when the movie ends i was cool with so it didn't bother me too much. I definitely agree with the abruptness, but something that like I kind of felt in the third act was like some of the stuff with the fire department was getting a little bit campy. And I think that if they had gone further with that ending and showed like all the ways he's gotten better and all that stuff, it probably would have felt even more like, like, I don't think you needed to show that really. You know what I mean? Yeah. It leaves you with enough where you're like, okay, yeah, this dude's like, cause you really care about the character by the end of the movie. And you're like, yeah, he's he's gonna be okay. Like he he is getting better. He's kind of found some purpose in life, if that makes sense. And like he's got direction now. And yeah, I mean, I I was overall when it ended, I was I was satisfied. I'm I'm right there with you, brah. Yeah, I mean, the third act has that change with the fire department, 
And at times it is like really sweet and, and you're like, oh, nice. He is. He's almost like finding like a family and, he, and these people start liking him and that. But at times it almost felt a little borderline camp, or at least I felt like it was. I don't know. Just like the part where they're like hosing him down and stuff like that. And like Bill Burr's character kind of specifically has some switches and how he feels very, very quickly. It just, I don't know. It felt it, a lot of the movie had a, like a darker tone to it, I guess. Or just felt more heavy, and then the third act was just a little bit. I don't know. It just felt more, I guess, like loose and stuff like that, and more montages. Yeah, more montages, and I don't. I the word I kept feeling was just like it's getting a little, little cheesy, a little campy towards the end. Yeah, that that happens too in Judd movies. <laughs> yeah, in Judd movies, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, the, he uh, he likes to do that stuff. <laughs> I think if you are a fan of Judd Apatow, if you kind of have an understanding of Pete Davidson's background and his life story, I think if those are the things that are bringing you into this movie and like those are the reasons why you wanted to see this movie to begin with, I think you'll be satisfied. Yeah. I def- I said at the top, like when we did the trailer park, we said what we thought it was going to be, what we were hoping for. And for me, I this movie hit basically everything that I wanted it to be. You know, there was a couple negatives here and there, but like, I really liked it. I was super impressed with the acting. It made me laugh. It made, made me feel things. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I just, I enjoyed it a lot. And then kind of uh, in line with the show, because it's a joke we do, in this movie, Machine Gun Kelly is giving you tattoos. <laughs> That's right. Well, I, I was going to mention Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> but him and Pete Davidson are like really close friends. So I guess it makes sense that he got him. He wanted him in the movie and he was in big time yeah. adolescence too. Mm-hmm. But yeah. he was good they, in big time adolescence. Like I actually laughed at like his character and stuff, but man, yeah. he, some of his other stuff, he's fucking horrible, but at least this <laughs> is like, it was only there for a minute. No, no bother. <laughs> it wasn't the yeah. dirt. The dirt. It, he showed up, and because I, I was watching this with Brandon and Nicole, he showed up, and I was like, "Machine Gun Kelly is giving you shitty tattoos." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I overall there's a, there's a lot to like in this movie. I think other things, just like me personally, the family dynamic hit me, and something that I also just really like. I think this is an actual tattoo on his body, but is that Mars Attacks tattoo real? Probably. He's got a lot of weird uh, weird tattoos. I really dug the Mars Attacks tattoo, though. I was like, nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And then another thing with this, it's not really my cup of tea, like the, the music, but I actually really like the soundtrack on this film. Like some of the songs, I knew the lyrics to them and stuff, and a lot of the songs that they picked out, they're, they're newer songs, but they fit what's going on in the movie really, really well. Actually, I wrote that down, too. Like, it's not all my style of music. There are some songs in there where I'm like, this is actually a dope song, uh, mm-hmm. but... It wasn't like 100% on everything, but the song choices made sense. Yeah. And I think I think it makes sense to a younger audience. And honestly, I, I think this movie will resonate very well with kind of the generation below us, you know? Mm-hmm. Not, not yeah. to sound like an old timer. <laughs> with the, uh, the whippersnappers. <laughs> yeah, the young kids. The young kids these days. And the the popsicle sticks and the friggin' 
They're friggin' bandoliers full of Dunkaroos. <laughs> I, I need a bandolier of Dunkaroos. <laughs> I was just that, thinking of that ain't a younger generation thing. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that isn't a younger generation thing. That is a me right now thing. <laughs> yeah, that isn't me. The second this show is done, we're, yeah. I'm running out. I to look the like store. the El Bandito logo just with Dunkaroos. Ooh, that'd be so cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna get that as a oh, tattoo. Man. Yeah, that'd be sick. But see, that's another. That's just another thing that I'm like, I'm like, see, I get, I get Pete Davidson's whole thing, man, because he says something about like, uh, like with the getting tattooed, and it's like, oh, like the pain's, pain's like the whole reason you do it, and it's like, kind of just to, just to feel something, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, but I also have like a bunch of stupid tattoos that are like hiding places. Uh, that's like my new favorite thing to do is just hide tattoos places today. Did I tell you my idea? I'm pretty sure I did, but it might have been a long time ago and maybe not on the show. But you know how there's it's uh, it's known to be kind of like a cheesy, uh, overdone, tacky, simple tattoo. But I know. It's what, like, yeah, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> yeah. the It's like an infinity symbol, but it'll say like love or family in like the bottom corner of it. I want to get mm-hmm. that tattoo, but the word would be war. So it'd be my infinity war tattoo. <laughs> And like yeah, I want to get, me, told me that. yeah, I want to get like a bunch of like the cliche tattoos that everybody gets, but like add like a tiny bit of a twist, just so at first glance people are just like, why do you, why do you have this? And then when they look at it, they go like, oh, you're fucking stupid. <laughs> I Pete Davidson actually said that they like had to like make sure that he wasn't going to go off and get a tattoo like during filming of this movie because he's like oh for continuity with it yeah for like continuity and uh he said that like basically like they'd be like done shooting and he'd be like okay are like are they going to see like my are you guys going to see like my back like the rest of this movie and they'd be like no like you you can get your back tattooed and he's like dope and then he would like go get, go get a tattoo there where he wasn't going to f- get filmed anymore <laughs> i mean i wish i had it like that where i can just get tattooed every day that'd be fucking great <laughs> i'd be so. oh dude i'd be covered too because he he covered himself fast and i got plenty yeah. of dumb ideas like uh my i think yeah my most recent tattoo uh, i'm doing like a music themed leg sleeve on my left leg and i was trying to come up with ideas and i really like the cure but the cure doesn't have like a real logo it's just the words the cure and couldn't think of anything but then I thought, I really like this song Lullaby, and there's a lot of spider imagery. So I was like, let's do Robert Smith's head on a spider. And the artist was mm-hmm. like, yeah, that's fucking awesome. Let's do that. And it's <laughs> it's probably the weirdest tattoo I have, but it's also one of my favorites now because it's so fucking weird. It, it is really weird. I know which one you're talking about. Actually, the first time that I saw it, I actually thought the head was Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> it kind of, well, yeah, I mean, kind of does look like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah. Do you get you have anything else on the King of Staten Island? I do not. But I know for sure that you got tomato <laughs> and tomato. Tomato, 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 tomato. Yeah, I, of course I got the goods, bro. <laughs> Was this a of farmer's market? I'm packing, <laughs> bro. I got the goods. I got the mangoes. I got the coconuts. I got the king of Staten Island. Tomato, <laughs> uh, tomato. You know, you know, I don't remember which episode it was, but I listened back to an episode 
recently. It might have been Knives Out or Jay and Silent Bob, but I listened back and I forgot about there was some time where we were trying to like ramp up for a bit and I couldn't think of anything and you just went mango pulp. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and it I cracked me that. up because I totally <laughs> forgot about it. I'm like, why? <laughs> you say mango just there reminded me of that. <laughs> but tomato, 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 the critics, they're bringing this in at 72%. Okay. That's yeah, C minus. kind of surprising, but okay. 72 Huh. 72% for me was surprising strictly just because I, lo- I looked up the score before I watched the movie, but mainly just because I kept seeing articles that were like, the King of Staten Island is Judd Apatow's best movie ever. So I was like, holy shit, what's this tomato meter at? Then I looked at it and it was like, yeah, like 72. And I was like, what? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that doesn't make sense. But tomato, the audience, they've got to add an 88%. So you got a okay. C minus to a B plus. All right. Uh, I think it wouldn't be too much of a surprise that I'll go tomato, but considering how much this movie resonated with me in its themes, uh, it's so well acted, like uh, characters are likable and believable and uh, all of that, the meandering plot, the, the ending kind of coming out of almost nowhere definitely brought down my viewing experience so yeah i said tomato and i spoke very highly of it but not too much higher because i'm gonna bump that b plus just to an a minus for me okay nice yeah i was i had a feeling we were going to be close like i know we were, we were we've talked actually very highly about it i mean there was a few negatives but in general there's there's a lot that i like about it and i actually saw the 88 and I was like thinking about it and I was, I was teetering between an a minus and a B plus also. And I actually went with B plus. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought about the B plus too, but honestly, when I finished watching it, I was thinking B plus, but then like the more I thought about it, I'm like, I kind of want to rewatch this movie fairly soon. But like when I really started thinking about like those themes that we talked about, and some of the issues that are addressed in this movie that you don't really see spoken openly about in public settings, I thought that that was really important, and that's something that like I really care about. So mm-hmm. that that kind of bumped it up for me. Just I was like, you know what, I'm okay giving this an A minus. Like honestly, it doesn't fucking matter because we're nobodies. But <laughs> I was gonna say for me. I love the acting. I've said all this already. You know, there's so much that I love about it. For me, like, a little redundant at times. The third act, I actually think, is possibly the weakest act. The second is kind of, like, redundant, but I'm not a huge fan of the fire department stuff in it, mainly just because, like, Bill Burr's character is kind of, like, all over the place. He hates him. He he likes him. He lets him do crazy shit to him. So, you know, and, and then the ending was a little bit abrupt, but... Overall, I mean, it's deeply personal. Uh, we've seen a few movies like this recently, like Honey Boy and stuff that that are deeply personal movies that have come out. And I think Pete Davidson nails it. There's just a, a, a few things that, you know, for me, just bumped it down. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, I ain't going to argue with you. We're, I mean, we're you usually could. pretty close. I want to see what movie this year is going to divide us so wildly. 
I think we already had one, but I think it was the first movie of this year. Like we were like pretty far apart on the gentleman. Oh yeah. Do you think that's the furthest apart we've been in the whole show? I think it is. It was either that or like the dead don't die. Oh yeah. What grade did I give dead don't die? Cause the thing is it's, it's like a B movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But yeah, go back and listen to that episode. If you, if you want yeah. the rest of that bit. Don't, yeah, I was like, please don't do this again. <laughs> oh, it was so long. It was so long. That episode also is the birth of the swampy name. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny, actually, uh, on our Butt Boy episode. I think it's in the interview, or maybe it was just in our, we were talking to them before we started recording. I can't remember. But I think Shelby and Christina asked how Swampy came about. And then we told them. And then. We mentioned like, yeah, it was in the Dead Don't Die episode. And then uh, one of them was like, oh, I actually watched that. And I was like, oh, how did you like it? And they're like, um, I think I watched it and fell asleep on a plane. <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, I think th- that's how I've seen most movies on a plane. Just pass out, put it on and like 10 minutes in. It's like, good night. <laughs> you ever watch Snakes on a Plane? On a Plane? Yeah. Wait. Are you asking if I've ever watched Snakes on a Plane in general? Or are you asking if I watched Snakes on a Plane on a Plane? Or are you watching, have I watched literal snakes while on a plane? Yeah, well, that one. Have you ever watched literal snakes on a plane? Well, yes. Okay, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. I was sitting next to a guy and he had like a terrarium. It was kind of (laughs) cool. Yeah, I've flown to florida twice now of course i've watched literal snakes on a plane there are <laughs> crocodilians as well i like the idea of someone bringing a terrarium on a plane and being like <laughs> trying to get in the overhead bin <laughs> yeah hey the Just sign said no guns or knives case. it didn't say anything about iguanas yeah it didn't say anything about snake venom <laughs> yeah exactly i have a python is that okay it's not do, on your side. Do you sign. guys permit boa constrictors? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More like Boeing constrictors. Because the Boeing's a type of plane. <laughs> yeah. That joke is for like negative 5% of our audience. Yeah, I was going to say, like, there's that's one swampy like... somewhere who's like into aviation that's losing his fucking mind right now. <laughs> ah! Ah! <laughs> Imagine a Boeing! <laughs> I don't even know the number that's supposed to follow. It's like a friggin' Boeing 917. <laughs> the Boeing 917, aviation's finest. <laughs> <laughs> what are we at? The World's Fair in like 1952? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cool. If, if we were at the World's Fair in 1952, that joke, just everybody in the, in the crowd literally slapping their knees. <laughs> oh really? Because I would have thought that a plane joke would go over their head. <laughs> we need to end this. <laughs> Not this episode, we this fu- whole show. It's gotta get shut <laughs> down. Somebody we has to put a suck. stop to it. <laughs> That's this is why I laugh at when I'm like, hey man, maybe one day we'll be influencers. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, the only thing we're influencing is for people to turn this show off.
<laughs> there was a bunch of people right now that were just like, okay, I'm done. It's like, <laughs> all right, shut it they off. gave the they gave their grades. They said tomato, tomato. We don't give a shit. <laughs> there, oh, this a- is the part of the show where they probably I don't know joke about airplanes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, check out our show, Two Dudes Movie Reviews. We'll talk about airplanes for no fucking reason. We'll talk about whatever you want. Not really. We talk about what we want. That's why we talk about poop, Dunkaroos. You know, Chuck E. Cheese. That would be an interesting wrinkle for because we have been talking about Patreon, and now there's word that I mean we should probably save this banner for a future episode, but teaser for banter, which I don't think we've ever done. Uh, there's rumblings about AMC reopening soon, so we have more movies that we're going to be able to talk about potentially, hopefully, and we already kind of know what's going on for the next couple of weeks for us. So we might not have a what to watch episode real soon, but we're we're talking about setting up this Patreon. We're talking about, you know, wanting to do more content and, you know, that might be a cool thing we do. We put throw the what to watch on there, but also we could do like swampy appreciation episodes or something where like we have fucking swampies hit us up on social media at two dudes movie reviews or hit us up on the website, to doosmoviereviews.com and maybe like send in some questions and we do like a Q and a with the swampies. Yeah. I'm cool with that. I'd also like to do another sesh. Instagram live. Cause those are fun. I'll probably be back in your neck of the woods uh, next weekend. Oh, that's right. Okay. Wait, are you talking about gonna... last weekend as in this weekend for us in our current <laughs> timeline? <laughs> I'm talking about in our current timeline right now. Not this weekend, next weekend. I'm going to be back both weekends, but I don't think I'm going to be free this one because it's like Father's Day and stuff. Yeah, I feel you, dog. But yeah, we should get together when when you're down. That'd be cool shit. But you know what? Until then, the Swampies are just going to have to wait before they can before they can get that kind of magic, that energy from us. That sweet, sweet nectar. That sweet, sweet, doodly fucking potent ass aura <laughs> you know i'm a big fan of potent ass aura <laughs> oh, oh yeah well i mean we graded butt boy pretty high <laughs> yeah you want to talk about that ass aura let's of, talk about that tunnel yeah. scene again <laughs> yeah but no <laughs> go back and listen to the butt boy episode we're very proud of that episode you know we emailed pete davidson and he was like i really want to come on the show guys but i feel like i need to kind of raise my star power before I can be on the show. And we were like, no dude, like you're perfect for us. It's totally fine. And he was just like, I don't know. I feel embarrassed. I don't know if I can do it. (laughs) And we were like, you know what? Don't worry about it. We'll take care of it. We'll shout you out. We'll shout out your Instagram or whatever. And we'll try to get you some followers, man. (laughs) So, so go follow Pete Davidson on social media. I, I actually don't think he's on social media, but whatever. Go support him. He's a, he's a good friend of the show. He wanted to be here, but felt kind of bashful about it. Um, <laughs> he sends his love to the Swampies, I'm sure. <laughs> he has no idea who any of you fucking are. <laughs> he has no idea who we are. <laughs> All right, relax, Colin. Relax. Listen, the Swampies don't know our star power for real. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not it's not Pete Davidson's star power. So, uh, yeah, we didn't, we didn't get him. Sad times. But until then, you guys already know what to do. 
I kind of soft plugged it already, but at two dudes movie reviews on social meds and two dudes movie reviews.com. I got to write some written reviews because I've, and I know, I think you should write some written reviews too because we've both seen a fair share of movies from this year that we haven't talked about on the podcast. So, yeah, yeah, maybe, uh, maybe that's something I'll do when we're done here. But yeah, go there to see that stuff. Go see our merch shop. We got new stuff up there. I actually need to order some tank tops because I've been working out in the sun. And I figured mm-hmm. I got to work outside and I'm getting all toasted. Also, I'm like a bronze Adonis right now. I just got to tell you real quick. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah. I look like a fucking like statue made of friggin tan man. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, well, yeah, I'll go with it. I'll go with it. (laughs) Cool. So until then, suck it, swampies. I didn't know where I was going when I started that (laughs) sentence. A statue of tan man.